All right, welcome back as we continue uh, co- talking about this announcement from BC Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson uh, in week two of the BC election campaign, kicking off with the bang here. The Liberals promised to eliminate the provincial sales tax in year one of a COVID relief plan, reduce the sales tax to just 3% in year two of a COVID plan. Of course, the, uh, the provincial sales tax is currently 7%, so eliminate the PST in year Year one of a COVID plan. That is the promise today from the BC Liberals. Let's check in with the NDP now. My guest is George Heyman, running for re-election in Vancouver Fairview for the NDP. Thanks a lot, George, for coming on. George, can you hear me? Yes. How are okay. you, Mike? Good morning. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks a lot for coming on. Your response to this uh, promise from Wilkinson to eliminate the provincial sales tax for a year. Well, my first reaction is uh, after uh, many years of supporting uh, tax breaks for the wealthiest and the uh, and the richest corporations and continuing to do that in opposition, Andrew Wilkinson is now proposing uh, this in an election campaign. But let's look at what they've actually done. Uh, when they were in office, hydro rates went up by 87%. ICBC rates increased by 36% and MSP premiums were doubled. In comparison, the NDP eliminated the medical services plan, saving the average family about $1,800 a year. We have a new child opportunity benefit uh, that will give families $1,600 a year. So what many people don't pay attention to in their day-to-day lives because they're busy is that many of their household expenses for an average income family are already PST exempt. Uh, The real truth here is that Andrew Wilkinson is proposing this in a desperate attempt to get re-elected. He's not telling people what services he'd cut, and he's not telling uh, people what fees he would raise, just as his party did when they were in government starting in 2001. Oh, okay, well, I, I guess you could you could certainly say that it's it's a tax break for the wealthy, but this is a flat tax that's applied to everyone, including basically everyone listening to this show right now pays this tax. If they don't have to, they're certainly not all not rich. So if they don't have to pay the provincial sales tax for a year, how is that a giveaway to the rich? Well, uh, the rich spend far more uh, money on uh, luxury goods and discretionary spending than uh, the average family. And as I pointed out, many of the expenditures of the average family is already PST exempt. I'm not denying that uh, that families would welcome any saving and break that they could get. And that's exactly why we eliminated MSP premiums, which was the largest uh, middle-class tax cut in a generation, why we have a proposal which the Liberals opposed and continue to oppose that would save people $400 a year or 20% yeah, but this, on their ICBC rates. But this would save the average family, the Liberals say, $1,700 a year. That's a lot. I haven't actually had a chance to uh, do the math on that, uh, Mike, but our child opportunity benefit alone would give uh, an average family $1,600 a year. We uh, canceled the medical services plan premium, saving $1,800 a year, and we have um, reduced taxes for the middle and lower classes that uh, have seen yeah. a family with an $80,000 income get a 42% reduction, and that's... Uh, that's uh, over 2200 Would you? So what, what the Liberals yeah. aren't saying and what Andrew Wilkinson isn't saying is when he brings uh, in this uh, PST cut for a year and then, uh, right. and then uh, brings it back up to half in, uh, in a year from now, what services is he going to cut or what fees are they going to hike just as they did well, when I, they were in government before? Well, I imagine they would be have a, a massive, honking, huge deficit that's even bigger than the deficit right now, which is around $12 billion. This would knock another, what, $7 billion out of the budget if you eliminate the PST. So you're looking at a massive deficit. I didn't hear him say anything about cutting services. So you're, you're, would they not just run, just run a huge deficit for two years? Well, what what I can tell people in British Columbia, Mike, is look at what they did when they were in government. They brought in an income tax cut that uh, benefited the wealthiest British Columbians the most on their first day in office. They proceeded to cut health care. They proceeded to uh, double MSP premiums. They proceeded to jack up hydro rates by almost double. ICBC rates went up. They found ways to take the money and they cut services uh, to spend less. One of the services they cut was responsible long-term care for seniors and people in the COVID pe- uh, pandemic have seen what they, that meant. That meant outbreaks in long-term care homes and deaths. 
Okay, I, I imagine that this promise will be welcomed by a, a lot of sec- sectors of the economy, including the home building sector, which has been calling for provincial sales tax relief for many years. And the Liberals say in this announcement today, if they eliminate PST re- uh, on new home construction, it would reduce the cost of homes in British Columbia up to $19,000 on an average size home would be saved in construction costs. That's got to be a good thing for, for, ho- for new home building, isn't it? There's no question, Mike, that uh, that people have been struggling with uh, to afford housing, whether it's renters or whether it's uh, yeah. people looking to buy their uh, buy their first home or another home. And we have been taking many steps uh, to help uh, people. We've held uh, we've held rents um, to the cost of living. The Liberals oppose that. Uh, we have brought in uh, measures to increase housing, uh, cut down on money laundering, and brought in the speculation tax to uh, end. Um, speculation that's driving up the cost of houses far more by 19,000. The Liberals have opposed that and in fact said they would eliminate it. What would the NDP, we just have a minute left here, I assume the NDP are not going to match this promise to eliminate the sales tax for a year. What would the New Democrats do to help middle-class British Columbians who are struggling in this pandemic? Uh, Mike, we will continue with the plan we have uh, outlined, the plans that the BC Liberals have opposed. Uh, plans that would see a, um, a significant 20% reduction in people's ICBC rates that would continue uh, to have the elimination of the MSP premium, the child opportunity benefit, which would give families $1,600 a year and will continue to provide uh, health care where people need it, when they need it, with urgent and primary care centers. We'll ensure that we uh, don't have uh, turnover and unsafe conditions for our parents and grandparents in long-term care homes. And the list goes on. Child care, investment in education, all the things that stagnated under right. Andrew Wilkinson when he was in cabinet and the BC Liberals for 16 years. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure, Mike. All right, welcome back to the show. My Twitter just burning up here with this uh, announcement by the Liberals here. Second week of the election campaign kicks off with the bang. Uh, Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson promising to eliminate the provincial sales tax for one year. Okay, so the first year of a COVID recovery plan, the provincial sales tax would go from 7% to 0% for one year. Then it in sec the second year of the recovery plan it would be three percent. Of course, the PST right now is seven percent. So that is a dramatic announcement there from the Liberals. And just looking at the reaction online, uh, just blowing up here. A lot, some people love it and some people hate it. Some people think this is just a regressive giveaway to the richest people in BC because if they spend the most, they're going to pay the most in PST. So if you eliminate it, it's a giveaway to the wealthy. Other people say, no, actually, it's going to benefit middle income and lower income earners the most because they are the ones who most need a break. And the Liberals saying it'll save an average family 1700 bucks in year one of eliminating the provincial sales tax. This would blow a bigger hole in the budget. I mean, the budget is already blown. $12 billion deficit, but this would make it an even bigger deficit. You're talking like $7 billion in annual revenue generated by the provincial sales tax. So, wow, what an announcement there. You heard the reaction from George Heyman, the NDP candidate, saying that this is a giveaway to the rich and the wealthy. Uh, he believes that the liberals, this would force the liberals to cut services. Wilkinson was asked about that, by the way. He said, would you have to cut services big time here to make up for this? And and he said, oh, don't bother me with those details. People need relief right now. And the cut to the uh, PST, the elimination of the provincial sales tax, would be immediate upon the Liberals uh, taking power if they win this election. So that is a big development in this election campaign, in my opinion. And uh, we've got great coverage for you coming up later on the show. So just to update you on what we're doing on this story for you, at the top of the hour, I've got uh, Andrew Wilkinson on the show. So the Liberal leader will be here at the top of the show. Full analysis and coverage later on the program as well. All three major political parties represented in the panel later. And we've got you covered. Like I told you, during this election campaign, you please, you got to join me here every day as we cover this campaign for you. And this is a big day in this campaign. So stick around for the continuing coverage on it. All right, let's talk about another issue, though, for now. And this is another one that I think has got... Uh, elements to do with this election campaign, and that's the situation 
with uh, policing in the city of Surrey. Now, of course, you've got the Surrey municipal government has promised to get rid of the RCMP, bring in a local municipal police force instead. It has been controversial. This is an expensive plan. They would have fewer cops as a result. Some people having second thoughts about it. Some polls show that, wait a second, don't really like this idea after I get into some of the details. Maybe we should have a rethink on this plan to get rid of the Mounties in Surrey. Now, speaking of Wilkinson, I had him on the show last week, the Liberal leader, and I talked to him about this issue, and I asked him, would you commit to bringing in a municipal local police force in the city of Surrey. Here's what he told me. I think what has happened there is a complete breakdown of trust in Surrey. There are different sides of this story. The NDP dithered and fussed about this for two years and has let this mistrust grow. So it's going to have to be reevaluated because there are huge disagreements in Surrey about this. And rather than showing any leadership on it, the NDP dithered and fussed and waited around and did not make a decision until this mistrust had developed. It needs to be evaluated but it needs to be a new lens on this because right now nobody trusts decision making in Syria on this issue. It needs to be reevaluated. Huh. What does that mean? It needs to have a new lens put on it. Is he saying that he would cancel this whole thing? Maybe keep the Mounties in the city of Surrey instead? I tried to press him on it. I asked him, would you okay, would you do that? Would you actually cancel the switch over to a local police force and keep the RCMP? Here's what he told me. There's a real need for transparency in this because I don't think any of us have the full story. There's the whole issue of what it's going to cost, the transitional issues, recruitment. There are a whole fleet of issues that need to be addressed. And to establish that trust in Surrey, there needs to be a lot more transparency. And that's what we would pursue. Okay, non-answer, in my opinion. He did not answer the question. And I think Wilkinson needs to be pressed a little further on this. I'm going to ask him about it again later today on, on this one. But it is an intriguing issue, I think, for voters in the city of Surrey. And let's talk to Linda Annis about it now, Surrey City Councillor. And I'm very pleased to welcome her back to the show. Councillor, thank you for coming on. My pleasure, Mike. Okay, what are you hearing from people on this issue right now about the um, police in the in the city of Surrey? Do you think most people want a, a, re, a, a redo on this, a, a do-over, and maybe maybe keep the Mounties after all? What do you think? Well, I think what the residents of Surrey want, they want the facts on the table. There's been no transparency through this process. They have no idea what this transition is going to look like or how much it's going to cost. We've been working off of an old number going back to uh, 2018, and it was estimated at that time it was going to cost in excess of $129.6 million, and we know that that number is light. So in the end of the day, the people in Surrey want to say in who's going to police their city. Okay, so is is the tra- has the train left the station though? I mean, is it too late to stop this because this has been approved by the local municipal council that has been approved by the current provincial government? Is it too late to stop it? I don't think it is too late to stop it. There's many steps that the city has to go through through this transition, and I think it's incumbent on the province to ask the city to have a referendum. It's clearly a very, very divisive issue in the city. We know that more than 50,000 people have signed a petition to keep the RCMP, and there's some 6,000 lawn signs out saying keep the RCMP. The residents of Surrey are feeling that they aren't heard, and they need to be heard. After all, they're the ones that are going to be paying this bill, not the uh, city council. Speaking to Surrey City Councillor Linda Annis, a lot of people have had a rethink on this one, including yourself. I mean, you voted in favor of getting rid of the RCMP and, and bringing in a local police force, and you've since changed your mind. What, what caused you to change direction on this? Well, I think a couple of things. First of all, uh, what I was really wanting to see happen was a change in the policing model. We don't have enough members serving Surrey. When you look at the size of Vancouver, they've got over 1,400 police officers. We have uh, 845, to be precise, and we're 80% the size population-wise of Vancouver and three times the size of Vancouver geographically. So I wasn't really wanting to change to uh, a different police force. What I wanted to do was look at the policing model and figure out how we should best uh, be policing Surrey. The other piece, too, is, you know, I wanted transparency through this process, and I wanted to know what is it going to cost to change the policing model in Surrey. Okay, do you think this should be an issue in this provincial election? Those seats in Surrey are crucial. The whole election could swing one way or another, as depending on the way the people of Surrey vote in this election campaign. 
I just played some clips there from Andrew Wilkinson. What did you think about what Wilkinson had to say about this issue? I think he's right on the money. Uh, he's articulated it very, very well. I think all he of it, He wouldn't answer my question. Like, I asked him, what would you actually do about it? And he just said, well, we need to reevaluate it. Well, I think he's right. We need to reevaluate it. We need to have a uh, process that's clear and transparent to the residents of Surrey. I think what we need to be doing, uh, all of the residents in Surrey need to be asking the provincial candidates, will they support a referendum? Not ask them whether or not they support the Surrey Police Department or the RCMP, but will they allow the residents of Surrey to have a voice in this process? Because clearly right now they are not. Okay, how would a referendum work? You think it should be like a binding referendum that would be held when? I guess after the provincial election is over? Absolutely, and I think Uh it needs to happen sooner than later. Uh, The the longer we wait, the more it's costing the taxpayers for this transition that, quite frankly, I don't think is in the best interest of the residents Uh of Surrey. So we need to get it done and done quickly, and the residents need to be heard, and I think it's incumbent on whichever government gets in to hold a referendum because we're being ignored in Surrey. Okay, well, Surrey Mayor Doug McCallum, if he was here right now, he would say that we already had a referendum on this issue. It was called an election. We had a municipal election. He was clear in his platform. He promised to get rid of the RCMP, bring in a local police force. He won a majority. He still has a majority. He's lost some support, including yours, but he still got a majority on council and he has a mandate to do this. So I'd like to point out first, Mike, yeah. I was never part of the mayor's team. Uh, I was part, I was the only uh, Surrey councillor to get elected as part of the Surrey First team. Oh, of course, right, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I would also say that, yes, uh, Mayor McCallum did get in. He got in with roughly 13% of the eligible voters, um, and the number of voter turnout was very, very low in Surrey, which is not a good excuse, but yeah. people voted for him for a multitude of reasons. One was the vote got split by by, uh, the Surrey first. We ran two mayoralty candidates, which was not a good thing to be doing. Uh, Some people voted for Mayor McCallum because they wanted SkyTrain. Some indeed did vote because they wanted a transition to a Surrey police force. But that wasn't the only reason why people voted for the mayor. He did not get a mandate on election day. All right, welcome back. As we continue talking about policing in the city of Surrey, you heard the clips I played there from Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson on the show here last week saying that a Liberal government would re-evaluate the move to a local police force and getting rid of the RCMP. What does that mean? Some people think we should have a referendum on getting rid of the Mounties and going to a local police force. Certainly my uh, guest thinks that. That's what we should do. Surrey City Councilor Linda Annis. Your calls to are 604 280 98 is the number star 9898 toll free on your cell bill in surrey hi bill yeah hi there i'm a surrey resident have been since the late 60s actually and um uh, i'm in favor of uh, the change i think uh, surrey uh, with a population of uh, 500,000 or so i think it's due for our own uh, police force the uh, what you hear about the rcmp these days and um I understand that uh, Surrey just writes a big check every year and has no say in uh, the uh, members coming out here or what they do or if there is a problem, uh, has to go back to Ottawa to get uh, an answer, that type of thing. I think uh, we're a, a big city now, and I think we should have our own police force. Okay, Bill, thank you for the call. Well, the caller uh, talks about some of the common complaints against the RCMP councillor. What do you say to him? Well, I just want him to be aware of what the cost is, and it's going to cost, just for transition alone, anywhere between 250 and $300 per person living in Surrey. And in the end of the day, what are you getting for that that's going to make you feel safer? Uh, quite frankly, that money can be better spent on doing programs for youth, building recreation centers, adding more RCMP officers and more firefighters. Those are the things that will help enhance uh, our community and making our residents feel that um, there are more things for youth and for families to do here. Where are we right now in the transition process? Like if we went to a referendum that would be your choice and your preference, it would have to be pretty quick, wouldn't it? Because the, the train is already going down the tracks here. Absolutely. It needs to be done quickly for a couple of reasons. First of all, uh, you're right. The longer we're going along, the more it's costing the residents of the city. And at this point, you know, we formed a police board. Uh, We haven't hired a police chief yet. 
So we're, we're starting down that road. So we do need to make a decision and do it quickly. And I think no matter where you sit on the issue, it's a very divisive issue in the community, and it will decide it once and for all, and we'll bring the community back together again. Okay, star 9898 on your cell is the number to call Greg in Surrey. Hi, Greg. How many left are Hi. Hi. Uh, I have no idea what Linda is talking about. Uh, she's speaking for 50,000 50, people in Surrey. There are over 600,000 people in Surrey. What, what, what happens to the rest of us? Uh, the RCMP does not serve everybody. I've lived here for, for I would say, 20 years. And um, I, I've had to put cameras on my house, fence, fence my house all around to keep trouble out. Um, yeah, okay. The RCMP is, is useless, totally useless. And, oh, oh, okay, okay. Th- thank you. Thank you for that. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know why you'd criticize the councillor. sounds like she's on the same side as you. But anyway, councillor, your thoughts. Well, I would say that, you know, there's a perception that Surrey has a crime issue, and certainly we do like any other city uh, throughout the Lower Mainland. But I'd like to point out that uh, for serious crime, uh, Vancouver, Abbotsford, and Langley have far more uh, crime, when you look at the survey that was done uh, last year, uh, we placed significantly lower in serious crime. I think the RCMP are doing a great job in Surrey. Uh, the only yeah. thing that they're missing is enough members to actually be able to uh, fulfill all of the requirements that are okay. here in Surrey. S- squeeze in another call. Merle in Surrey. Hi, Merle. Hi. Hi, go ahead. Well, firstly, I'd like to say that the... Um, that we've had 50,000 petitions that have been sent to the NDP to which we have never, ever, ever had an acknowledgement. We've got 6,000 lawn signs which are out in Surrey. Um, there has never, ever been a real reason given to change. Yeah. And there must, it must be an election issue. Okay, it's you want the ref- ignored by government and by Mayor McCullum. Okay. Um, he has never allowed us to even speak to him. And we haven't had answers. There are many answers that haven't been answered. Okay. And we okay, want thank, the RCMP. Thank you very much for the call. We'll see where this goes. We just got a minute left, Councillor. But do you think all candidates in, this, in the city of Surrey running for provincial office right now should state their position on this on a referendum? Absolutely, they should. Yeah. I think they should. I'm not asking for them to make a decision as to whether or not it should be the Surrey Police Department or the RCMP, but what I'm asking for them is to let people's voices be heard. Let's start making it a clear and transparent process, which it has not been, and let's let the residents, let's put the facts on the table so that they know what they're getting if indeed we do switch over. How is it going to make people feel safer in Surrey, and what is it going to cost? After all, they're paying the bill. Thanks for coming on today. My pleasure, Mike. All right, welcome back. It's a big day on the BC election trail. Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson this morning uh, promising to eliminate the provincial sales tax in year one of a COVID-19 recovery plan, reduce the tax to just 3% in year two of the plan. The PST is currently 7%, of course. He joins me now, Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson. Thank you for coming on. Good morning, Mike. Thanks for having me. Okay, thanks. thank you for doing this. Why such a dramatic cut in the provincial sales tax? At this moment, your opponents are already saying that this is an irresponsible move, that it would uh, force huge spending cuts by government. Uh, how do you justify a big, a big tax cut like this right now? Well, BC desperately needs a plan to secure our province's future. You know, we're in a big economic crisis. And let's remember all those people who work for the airlines, all those people who work in the empty hotels, all those people who work in the half-full restaurants, they're not working now. The federal government's done a pretty good job of keeping people in grocery money, but all those people are worried about their future. We need to stimulate this economy. We need to kickstart things get a plan for moving forward, and getting rid of the PST for a full year will stimulate spending, stimulate investment, get people back working, and that's the goal. Okay, this would knock an even bigger hole in the budget right now. We've already got a massive deficit at the moment, but your own own documents this morning say that this will cost uh, $6.8 billion in lost government revenue in year one, so we'll have an even more massive deficit than before. Do you have concerns about the province's credit rating? Like right now, we've got a AAA credit rating. You start going up to like a $20 billion deficit, are we at risk of losing the credit rating in the province? Well, everywhere in the Western world, the credit ratings are agencies are having to reset their uh, parameters of normal 
just look at the federal government, which is spending $250 billion of our money to keep people in grocery money. It's a much, much larger figure, $10,000 U.S. per capita in the U.S. So this is about $1,400 for every person in the province, and we think that's manageable, and it's important that the role of government continue during this crisis. This is a bit like wartime, you know. It's not uh, a conflict physically, but we're in a big economic hole, and the way to get out of it for government to continue and to provide the services people need and to stimulate the economy. And this is a great way to do it, is by cutting people's uh, PST. Okay, if you cut the PST in such a dramatic fashion, uh, sacrificing a lot of government revenue in the process, would you then be forced to cut government spending as a result? Uh, John Horgan this morning is already out saying that this would force dramatic cuts in health care spending, for example. Your thoughts? Well, I wonder if anybody believes anything John Horgan says anymore, because every day of this campaign, he's just been totally dishonest. And here he goes again. There will be no cuts to health and education under a BC Liberal government. Let's be crystal clear on that. I'm someone who's practiced medicine in hospitals all over British Columbia. I know what it means to fund a proper health care system, and that's what we're going to do. So it would help if he started telling the truth, and we could get to the nub of the matter. The real issue here is that we're in this enormous crisis with a second wave of the pandemic on top of us. Uh, we see the closures starting to happen in Ontario and Quebec. We're in trouble. We need to have the kind of vision to have a plan to revive our economy. We think the first step is to give people a spring in their step, get PST off the table, let people get on with their lives. Those should have, assuming we're successful in this election, okay. it's going to be a busy Christmas shopping season because we want people to feel invigorated and get out there and participate in the economy again. Okay, so you say no cuts to health health spending, no cuts to education spending. Can you guarantee there would be no other spending cuts across government as a result of this big revenue loss? You know, we're not anticipating any cuts across government because, like I said, this is a bit like being in wartime or in the Depression. People are depending on government right now to keep the wheels turning. We know what the federal government's doing is bending over backwards to keep this economy rolling along and keep people feeling positive and energetic and they've got enough money for rent and groceries. That's the role of government in these times. It's not to be cheap and to cut corners and to say that's too bad. You know, it's a time for us as British Columbians to pull together and say, how should we manage this? We've got the ability to borrow some money at very, very cheap interest rates. What should we do with that? And we'll be talking about uh, that more in the days to come in terms of investing in infrastructure. The time to do it is now. We need boldness right now, Mike. We need a plan. We need to move forward. And stop nibbling around the edges and telling half-truths like John Horgan. Okay, well, the NDP say your plan is a giveaway to the most wealthy in British Columbia. And if you look at it that way, the people who spend the most, and let's say the wealthiest in our province spend the most, they would actually pay the most in provincial sales tax. It's a flat tax a across the spending spectrum. So could, could you not reasonably argue that if you eliminate the provincial sales tax, it's going to benefit... Uh, the rich the most because they spend the most? Well, I think the NDP folks need to go back and read the Economics 101 textbook. Every credible economist in the Western world will tell you provincial sales tax is what's known as a regressive tax. It's hardest on people at the lower end of the income spectrum because they have to spend a higher percentage of their income on provincial sales tax. It's a huge benefit to people at the lower end of the income scale to have no provincial sales tax. It gives them a chance to get ahead, and it also creates a huge amount of employment and things that are related to retail and related to the tourism sector because that burden will be off retail and uh, tourism. So there'll be lots of job creation. It'll attract investment because investors will no longer be paying all kinds of PST just to get something going. Remember, this is a tax that hits every human being in the province to the tune of about $1,400 a year. And you know, the direct saving to a family of four under this plan will be 1700 bucks a year. That's straight into their pocketbook to give them a chance to okay. get ahead. Okay, so speak you know, this idea that somehow it benefits the rich is just nonsense. Speaking to B.C. Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson, he promised this morning to eliminate the provincial sales tax in year one of a COVID-19 relief plan. So the plan is to eliminate the tax in year one, reduce it to 3%, in year two so presumably what what happens in year three you go back to a seven percent provincial sales tax in year three you know all of us have got our fingers crossed that this pandemic will pass all of us are hoping for a working virus uh, or sorry, vaccine uh, probably within the next year and that will help all of us to get life back in order 
You know, right now we're all distanced and masked and being careful. You know, the airport is completely empty of people. There's nothing going on in a lot of our hotels. That needs to come back to normal, and then we can talk about uh, getting taxation normalized again. But for now, we need to cut PST to zero in the first year, 3% in the second year. And when the virus is sorted out and the economy recovers, then we'll talk about normalizing taxation. Okay, have you done any kind of uh, consultation on this idea? It's such a dramatic move. Uh, Did you talk to the business leaders in the province, labor leaders in the province? Did you talk to anyone else in the province and run this idea past them? Or how did you come up with this idea? Well, you might remember, Mike, that the... Uh, John Horgan task force to come up with his economic plan, which should have been out in June, but didn't come out until the eve of the election, included consultations with the BC Business Council and others. They were largely ignored, so they got uh, the need to put out their own report. So on July the 29th, BC Business Council came out and said, one of the best things you could do to reinvigorate our economy is to cut the PST in half for two years. So we've checked in with them, and we've checked with many others, and people are generally saying this is a great idea it'll get things rolling again it'll create confidence let's remember we've got a big problem in our hands we need to restore confidence and rebuild bc we're going to do that together and we're going to do it for everyone not just the john horgan plan for friends and enemies winners and losers that's wrong mike we're all stuck in this pandemic together we're going to get out of it together we're going to revive this economy together okay all right thank you for coming on today thanks very much mike talk okay All right, welcome back to the show. Let's talk about the COVID-19 pandemic now and the importance of following the rules and the guidelines. If you are sick, don't go to work, avoid other people, because even if you think you may be negative for COVID-19, you might be spreading the virus anyway. Let me introduce you now to Kirby Ray Snell, has two dance companies in Vancouver, and I'm very pleased to welcome her to the show. Hi. Hi, thank you for having me. Kirby, thanks a lot for coming on. Tell me the name of your two uh, dance uh, studios, companies that you have. I own Endorphin Rush Dance and Fitness and also Femme Gone Wild Dance Hall. Okay, cool. How long have you been in that uh, business? Oh, full-time? It's been about 10 years. Wow, that's very exciting for you. Now, let's let's talk about what happened here, and this is a story that you posted, and I, and I congratulate you for going public with this. Tell me what happened here, how you had a, a, a COVID-19 positive customer come to your studio. Yes, um, yeah, thank you. Uh, what had happened was um, I had a participant who um, she was feeling ill. She assumed it was a hangover. Later, she assumed it was the smoke that was bugging her throat. She went to work and her work sent her home. She works in film. They gave her a COVID test, told her that she couldn't be on set. They removed her immediately. She took it as a free day off where she's paid. And she came to my dance class, and unfortunately, I I received a phone call shortly after from the government to say that I have been exposed, and I have to be on 14 days of self-isolation, had to close down the company after opening one week, and I'm just chilling at home now. Oh, wow. Okay, so you're still self-isolating right now. Yes. Okay, and you had to shut your businesses down. Wow. So when she came to your dance studio, were there any visible symptoms that she was sick that you could see? There was nothing that I could see, no. Okay, but she told you later that she was feeling some symptoms that she assumed was not COVID. Is that what happened? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. It was after, after the class and the day after she was mentioning that she had these feelings and she, she brushed it off that it was a hangover and the smoke and had no idea it would have been COVID. She felt it was ridiculous that her COVID team on the film set sent her home and she was angry about that. And uh, that, that's as, as far as she uh, <laughs> went with taking it very casually and unfortunately this has really hurt my business well okay i guess her symptoms were pretty mild is that why she thought she was not she did not have covid they were they were mild and also she had other reasons to believe it could have been something else okay like 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 you said she thought it was a hangover yeah yeah okay all right but had she received a covid19 test at that point yeah Yes, she did receive a test, and unfortunately, um, they emailed her results, 
in which um, she acknowledged there was an email. She chose not to look at it and then oh. came to my class. And the next day she received the phone call. Oh, that, dear. Um, yes. Okay. But, well, that's bad news for you. I'm sorry this has happened to you. So how many people were exposed to her in your dance class? Well, luckily, within the dance class, it wasn't considered an exposure. The exposure mm. for myself happened in that we walked back home in the same direction together. And okay. so we spent more time walking on the sidewalk chatting, and that was considered an exposure. Okay. Now, for the people who are in the dance class, that was not considered an exposure. Why is that? Is, is it because you have social distancing rules in your studio? Yes, yes. Okay. I've been really nervous about, about COVID. Um, I'm personally immunocompromised. Mm. And so I, I rented a space which usually has a capacity for about 50 people. And we had eight people in the class. Yeah. Everyone was spread out. We weren't taking any photos where we're close together to say how happy we are to be back. Nothing like that. We kept our distance. No one touched. And because of those protocols, everyone else is, is told to monitor themselves, but they don't have to self-isolate. Okay. How are you feeling? I'm feeling physically fine, but a little bit like a, a caged rat. Oh, man, yeah, <laughs> stuck at home for two weeks. You're not feeling sick then right now? No, not at all. Yeah. Okay, okay. So well, I hope that continues for you, and you, and you haven't, you, obviously you haven't, haven't been infected, but um, we just got a, a minute left here, Kirby. What is your message to people out there? Well, my message is to, to please take precautions. If there's any reason for you to think that there's the slightest possibility you could have it, stay home. <laughs> stay home, yeah. Yeah. Stay home. You've had to shut down, like, uh, how are you, when are you hoping to reopen your business? Or are you shut down for a while now? I'm hoping to return um, next Monday. So one more week I have where things are closed down and then I'll return and we'll, we'll start to try to build up again. Thanks for sharing your story. I hope you stay healthy and that you're back on your feet uh, with your business soon as well. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and thanks for the time today. We need bold action. So the B.C. Liberal government will eliminate the provincial sales tax for a full year. In the second year, we'll reduce it to 3%. Okay, there's the big news on the campaign trail today. That's Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson this morning announcing the Liberals, if elected, would eliminate the provincial sales tax for one year as part of a COVID-19 relief plan. Uh, drop the PST to 3% in year two of the plan. Let's talk about that now with our panel. Bill Thielman is on the line. He supports the NDP. He's the president of Westar Communications. Bill, thanks a lot for coming on. Hey, Mike. Appreciate it. Caroline Elliott is here. She's a former advisor to the BC Liberal Party. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yonina Campbell, also on the line, Executive Director of the BC Green Party. Good morning, Yonina. Hi, Mike. Great to be here. Thank you to all three of you for being here. Caroline, I better go to you first. This is a, quite a, an announcement from uh, Andrew Wilkinson this morning. Uh, can you s give me your sales pitch on this? Why do you think this is a good idea? Well, I think it's a it's a unprecedented move for, for unprecedented times. I mean, over the past few months, We've seen Dr. Bonnie Henry lead a great response from a public health perspective uh, in terms of uh, COVID-19. And I think all three parties will continue, as will British Columbians, will continue to put their trust in her uh, to, to lead that, the, the health response. But uh, what we need to do going forward is focus on the economy, focus on small businesses being able to avoid bankruptcy, focus on people keeping their jobs uh, in British Columbia. And I think this is a major step. Uh, going in the right direction to start rebuilding the economy uh, following uh, one of the biggest challenges in generations. I think it'll help families. I think it'll help small businesses and it'll help them immediately uh, right when people need it most. So I think it's, it's going to be significant. The typical family will save almost $1,700 in the first year, almost $1,000 a year after. So I think, uh, I think what we're seeing from the BC Liberals is really a bold move to make things better immediately and, and hopefully put this economy back on the right track after uh, some really big challenges. Okay, let me go to the NDP representative on the panel, Bill Thielman. Bill, how do you respond to that? 
Well, I just think this is an absolutely crazy idea. I mean, it's going to cost $8 billion just in the first year alone. Then it will cost probably $3, 4000000000 billion a year for an indefinite period. There's no timeline on this, no end to it, a date to it at all. And uh, it doesn't save that much money. People who are low income already have all sorts of tax credits. If you are out, if, uh, if you're a small business person uh, like I am, you spend $1,000 on a new computer or something, you're going to save 70 bucks. That's not going to do it. It's not going to do it for tourism. It's not going to do it for all sorts of industries. But if you're buying a million dollar yacht or you're buying a multi-million dollar <clears throat> piece of prop or piece of equipment, maybe it'll save you some money there. I just don't think it works at all. And this is from a group uh, of the BC Liberals who brought in the harmonized sales tax, the biggest single tax shift from big business onto consumers ever. To believe that they're uh, they're now doing this because they don't like regressive taxes is absurd. Okay, let's go to Yanina Campbell, as, uh, executive director of the BC Green Party. Yanina, what do you think? Yeah, well, I think uh, Bill nailed it when he said it's crazy season, and we tend to get into that in elections, and I think this is an example of it. I mean, it kind of reminds me back when the uh, NDP uh, were announcing to cut tolls on bridges in order to win, win swing seats in Surrey. So here we are. Um, I think it's, 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 you know, it's concerning in that there's $7 billion lost in revenue, and they're saying they're not going to cut health and education. But the Liberals have a history of cutting uh, to essential core services. Or, and so what's to say that they can't guarantee that those things won't be cut? And, you know, it's the only card the Liberals seem to know how to play is tax cuts. So it's not necessarily what's there to stimulate the economy. And we need to be using public money in a deliberate and thoughtful way to support people and businesses who need it most. Okay, back to Caroline Elliott from the Liberals. It's, it's two against one here, Caroline, which is, I guess, not surprising with a, a bold announcement like this from your party. But a lot of people are pointing at the revenue hit to government here. If you eliminate the provincial sales tax, you're talking like a $7 billion hit uh, to government revenues. Does that trigger spending cuts by government? Well, I think uh, just quickly, let me just respond to something Bill said, and then I'll get right to that. And, and, you know, Bill is talking about how, you know, we're going to maybe have people saving money on yachts and and that sort of thing. And I think that's that's not what this is intended for at all. You have groups like the BC Business Council, the Canadian Manufacturers and Exporters, the BC Chamber of Commerce, all agreeing that the high cost of PSP is one of the major factors inhibiting new investment in BC. We need new investment, and we need to keep the investment we have. And that's what this is all about, is ensuring that those jobs are there for British Columbians when they need them. But but to get right to your point here about, yeah. you know, uh, uh, basically taking a hit on the revenue side during a difficult time for government funds, it's a fair question. Um, I think the NDP's approach so far has been essentially to spend away the surplus that was left them by the BC Liberal Party. Uh, it's been to raise taxes all over the place and put greater burdens on small businesses and large businesses for that matter. Uh, and what's happening is essentially government's taking larger and larger portions of the shrinking pie. Uh, it's not sustainable. It can't go on forever like that. You can promise anything you want in terms of health services or education services, but if you don't have the revenues there that's generated from economic activity, then, then it's meaningless. So the BC Liberal approach here has been to say, let's eliminate PSC for a year, cut it in more than by half in the next year, spur consumer confidence, attract investment, help struggling businesses hold on, basically grow the pie. More revenues means more services in a way that's sustainable okay. for the long term. Okay, Bill, Thiel- going on here. Bill Thielman, your thoughts? Okay, let me go. That was one with a gigantic yeah. income tax cut and then 25% income tax cut, and he said it would pay for itself. And we've just seen George Abbott, the former Liberal cabinet minister's new book, Big Promises, Small Government, that shows it was an absolute disaster. They, they, they cut social services, they cut environmental spending, they cut everything. They didn't increase disability benefits for a decade. They didn't increase social assistance for a decade. They didn't get more money out of that huge tax cut. And this won't work yeah. either. It okay. will not, in fact, stimulate the economy. It will cause people perhaps to buy some big ticket items and then not buy anything for years how would it not how would it not stimulate the economy i mean you've got business sectors have been asking for a pst cut including the home building sector uh, but, saying that but, it would stimulate their, but their Mike, activity. But Mike, I mean, how many people out there uh, and how many businesses out there in the middle of yeah. COVID have a lot of money to spend on big ticket items? I don't think that that's even remotely possible. I mean, sure, it would save uh, on a million dollar expenditure, uh, it would save $70,000. But uh, how many businesses are in any shape to do that? Like we've got the restaurant tourism industry on its knees and facing significant closures. They're not going to go out and spend a lot on new kitchen equipment or anything. They're trying to keep their staff on. Okay, Yanina Campbell for the Green Party. Do you see this as kind of like a Hail Mary pass here by Wilkinson, who seems to be behind in the polls, or how do you analyze it? 
Yeah, I think people look for big announcements like this in elections that aren't necessarily the best in terms of policy. I, I think if we're looking for, you know, in, in to find a revenue savings, and I agree we need to make things more affordable and be able to stimulate the economy, um, but the Greens would look to see that uh, the, the NDP and the Liberals both support uh, giving blanket tax cuts to uh, billions of dollars. I think it's $6 billion a year to fracking companies. We could redirect that back to the public and invest in, in with that kind of money instead of uh, these kinds of things that are being suggested by the Liberals. This will give people spring in their step. This will give people a chance to get ahead. This will build British Columbia by bringing in investment and giving people the confidence to get back involved in our economy. All right, welcome back to the show. That, of course, is Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson speaking this morning as he makes that big announcement on a big tax cut. He would eliminate the provincial sales tax for a year if the Liberals take power as part of a COVID relief plan, uh, reduce the PST to just 3% in year two of the plan. Uh, we've got all three parties on our panel. Bill Thielman for the NDP, Caroline Elliott for the Liberals, Yonina Campbell for the Green Party. Bill, when you hear him say this will give people a spring in their step, it's going to really uh, stimulate Christmas shopping here with the timing right before Christmas. How do you fight back against that? I mean, wouldn't people be happy to be told that this this tax that's in your face every time you buy something would be eliminated? Well, Mike, if you spent 400 bucks on your Christmas spending, you'd save 28 bucks. I mean, I don't think that will put a spring in my step. I don't, and I think a lot of people aren't going to be spending 400 bucks on Christmas this year because, you know, a lot of people are facing tough times. This is something that, uh, is really a Hail Mary pass, I think, from the Liberals. They, they are desperate to have something to talk about. Uh, they've done, they've succeeded in that, but it's a dangerous move on their part, I think. And when people look at the Why? reality, Why is it dangerous? Well, they haven't talked about what, how they're going to pay for this ever. Uh, and they haven't said, and they've not said in any meaningful way, that they won't cut uh, social programs or s- social services or benefits for people uh, down the road me, to well, pay for he, all this. He told me, Wilkinson told me he wouldn't cut any spending. But let me go to Caroline Elliott. And your, Caroline, your thoughts. Go ahead. Well, you heard it from Andrew Wilkinson that they're not looking at cutting anything. I think the BC Liberals over the years have demonstrated their ability to, to manage spending and invest. Uh, where they need to. And, and you know, this is, it's hard times now. It's been good times in the past, but the BC Liberals managed to leave the biggest surplus anywhere in Canada that allowed BC to weather this sort of economic storm more than, you know, uh, better than other provinces have anyway. And I think the NDP has actually squandered the opportunity by turning that $3 billion surplus that the BC Liberals left them into uh, uh, something far less Okay. prosperous going into this. So I think that's a huge issue. But but getting back to whether or not, I mean, it's going to work or if it's enough, I mean, I'm hearing a lot from the NDP about, you know, this isn't going to be enough. $20 here on Christmas shopping is not going to be a big savings. I want to hear one thing that the NDP are doing to make life easier for average people, their families and small businesses who are struggling to stay afloat. Um, you know, it's nice enough to have programs that support people who are out of work. Uh, and, and those are certainly needed, but we actually need to get, get people back working again and keep those people who are working okay. uh, with their jobs so that they can support their families. Okay, the Liberals admitting that this is going to punch a huge hole in the budget. This is a $7 billion promise in year one, so you're going to have a huge deficit, even bigger than the massive deficit we have now. Have a listen to this here. This is Wilkinson speaking this morning, the Liberal leader, and he was asked, are you worried about losing all that rev- government revenue? And here's what he said. Everyone knows that we're in a big economic crisis, and this is not a time to worry about the details so much as to get people back to work. And one of the ways to get people back to work is to stimulate the economy by reducing taxes, and that's exactly what we're going to do. As Rob has said, it's a $6.88 billion issue that comes with the uh, reduction of sales tax to 0% in the first year. But we believe that British Columbians will benefit from that by building confidence and getting people involved in the economy like never before. Okay, Yanina Campbell is the executive director of the BC Green Party. Yanina, when he's asked about what about that big revenue uh, hit, he says, don't worry about the details. Your thoughts? (laughs) Well, um, I I think I'm a little bit worried about those details. I mean, this is the thing about elections is people make promises, and whether they deliver on them after is something that uh, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And I can tell you as a former teacher... Um, living through the Liberal uh, 16 years uh, and the cuts to education, I don't know that I completely trust that they're not going to uh, follow through on the fact that they won't cut services. Um, I just don't see how 
I mean, if they're, it, it's quite surprising to hear the Liberals also even talk about uh, running in more, more, more debt or running an ongoing deficit. So right. I, I just think it's a matter of looking at their record and saying, I just, I just don't see it happening. Okay, let's have a listen to another clip here. This is George Heyman, uh, who's the NDP spokesperson on this today, running for re-election in Vancouver. And here he is taking on Wilkinson for not sharing all the details here. Here's George Heyman. The real truth here is that Andrew Wilkinson is proposing this in a desperate attempt to get re-elected. He's not telling people what services he'd cut, and he's not telling uh, people what fees he would raise, just as his party did when they were in government starting in 2000. Okay, let me go to Caroline Elliott for the Liberals. Caroline, how do you fight back against that? Well, I think what we're seeing is uh, an idea that's out on the table that the D.C. Liberals have, have, have put through to get things uh, to get things improved for, for families and for businesses right now. And I think that's what's really missing uh, from the NDP. I'm not sure I've heard any idea. So they can talk about whether or not the details are all there on, on this plan to eliminate TSD for businesses and families. But until they have something, just anything, that says what they're going to do to make lives better for people who are struggling today, then I think it's, it's a bit rich for them to be talking about a lack of detail. Okay. Bill Thielman for the NDP. How do you respond to that? I'm not sure if Carolyn's been listening enough to CKNW, but the, the NDP government rolled out a $1.5 billion economic recovery package a couple of weeks ago, which includes grants and, and loans uh, for businesses, including tourism, for uh, all sorts of businesses. Uh, all sorts of things have been done already, so I, I don't really know uh, why you would know that. But I have to say that when Andrew Wilkinson says this is not a time to worry about the details, it, it reminds me of Kim Campbell saying an election is not the time to discuss serious public, public policy issues. Goodness gracious, like, no, don't worry about the details. This is coming from the Liberals. I, I can't believe it. Well, if he did turn around, if he did, if he did win the election and then he turned around and, and aggressively cut government spending in health, education or anywhere else, wouldn't that be just the, the death knell for him? I mean, he's, he's quite clearly stated he won't do it. Well, that's what uh, Gordon Campbell yeah. said. He wouldn't rip up contracts either. And then he ripped yeah. up the HU contract and the teacher's contract. So, you know, these things happen, obviously. And, uh, but well, if John, John, giant John, tax cuts, it John might be. John Horgan, said the, he would, John Horgan said he wouldn't call an election. Well, I don't think that's in the same category as an $8 billion <laughs> okay. a year tax cut. But the, the Liberals said that they wouldn't do stuff before, and they did it. But, uh, you know, I'd have more respect if he said, here's how we're going to pay for it, and here's when we're going to pay for it. Okay, Yanina Campbell, do you think this is, is this a game changer in, in your mind in this election campaign, or is this just, are people going to look at it and just shrug? No, I, I mean, I think this is why people make these kinds of announcements. People look right. at this and say, you know, this is the way I can save money. It's a, it's something yeah. that people are looking to hear from. I just, I think the, the thing is, is whether it's going to actually even work. And so I think having thoughtful, um, you know, evidence-based things that people are able to bring forward, innovative solutions, um, and not just blanket tax cuts. Okay, Carolyn Ella, we just got a minute left here. Uh, where does this where does this go from here now? Do you, do, will we can we expect more of platform announcements from the Liberals? Absolutely, uh, the DC Liberals have some really good ideas that they're going to be bringing forward. This was just one of them, uh, and, and I'm so proud to see them actually coming out with ideas and stimulating debate about the issues. Uh, we've seen a negative campaign ad campaign launched by the NDP today about Andrew Wilkinson. I'm hoping that soon they're going to be actually reaching out with some ideas of their own so that we can debate the issues rather than the one idea we've seen so far this campaign, which has come from the BC Liberal Party. It's a plan that's going to get people working again. It's going to allow people to keep their jobs, support families who are struggling. And uh, the elimination of the PST, I think, is it's a bold move and it's a good move for the BC okay, Liberal Party and for British Columbians. 